crazy looking deal that has I don't know how many lights on it. And he just hung it on this lighting tree and, and it, 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 it was neat. everybody to another episode of the cloud whispers my name is david broussard and i am brian cheatham on most days on, on most most days, days on but yeah. but yep. not on like tuesdays and thursdays four three four three to seven something like that if, okay. I, if i'm doing a migration i'm a completely different person so uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah you, you know I'm reminded of of an X-Men comic from my childhood in which they you – know, I'm sorry, it was Excalibur – in which they go popping dimensions, and they come up to the bad guy's lair, and there's a sign on the door that says, Abandon hope, all ye who enter here, except yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays, <laughs> 430 to 6. And, yeah. and they walk up, they go, I wonder what he's doing Tuesdays and Thursdays from 430 to 6. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Brian, what have you been up to lately? Yeah, you know, it's been uh, kind of a crazy couple of weeks, like we were talking about. You know, it's been really a crazy couple of weeks, but we had a uh, really cool experience this past weekend. Um, okay. Um, because of, you know, what's going on uh, in our world and all that right now, you know, I'm in a cover band, as you know that, and we Eight actually haven't. Yeah, uh, 8.0. Um, we we uh, kind of came up with that name because it's like the. You know, we're all computer guys and we've been doing this for a long time and there's so many different members of the band you know it's like hey this is 8.0 version of this band um but we also do we also do 80s music right yep. so um that that's uh, kind of our our claim to fame and we do it acoustically so it's a it's a different type of uh um you know experience for people well we haven't played since february oh wow uh, you know, we really haven't played together in front of people since February. So we had a couple of rehearsals or whatever, and we had this opportunity to play um, at Bulverde Music in the Park. Mm-hmm. And what was unique about this particular experience was that it was truly a concert in the park. We were basically yeah. set up in a pavilion, so it wasn't like a, a, a big stage or anything like that. I mean, it's kind of right. our own you know, stage under a pavilion. Um, but there were 120, 150 people there, I would say, and they wow. were all set up. Yeah, they were all set up uh, on, you know, on blankets, and they had, uh, you know, just like they were sitting, you know, at a, at a concert. They would, you and, know, and and probably um, social distanced. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. Uh, they were mostly, mostly by cohort. Yeah, exactly. But it was really cool because it's different than what we're used to. We usually, you know, we're playing in a bar or something yep. like that, or. Yeah. For a corporate event and people are just kind of socializing and doing a, their own thing i mean these people were all looking at us and listening to us yeah and it really changes the way that you perform it changes the way that the, the you know the passion that you you know the level of passion that you put into it i mean i always put passion into everything i do you know me you know me for a long time i do, I do. um but you know it, it just changes that whole dynamic for the band when people are listening to you so we had that experience this weekend and uh you know it was well, it was good believe it was well- me i i remember doing i've done acting for most of my life and yeah when you're on stage in front of people it's different it, it really it is really is yeah. different and it's a lot no, of fun really i'm is. so happy i'm so happy that you guys got a chance to go out there and do that that is yeah. really really cool and it's a release too i mean it's like people play golf other people 
play golf and they play, you know, or they go hunting or they do whatever, you know, I might, my hobby is is music, and you know I sing for a cover band. You know that's uh, that's what I do. So that's awesome, <laughs> and that that that's really cool. Yeah, well, see, um, what what I was doing was working as an election judge on election day. It's something I do primary and general election every yeah. every year. I've been doing it since two thousand eight, and uh, I did it originally when I moved back to San Antonio because I was curious. Uh, with the move to electronic voting, which we had after the 2000 election. So I moved back to San Antonio in 2007 from Houston, and we'd already started doing electronic voting by that point in time. But I, I, I as an IT person, I was kind of like, well, you know, how secure is this stuff, right? How does this stuff actually work? What are the process controls around it? Right. And so I started, I started doing this because I was curious. And, um, you know, after doing it once, I was like, man, this was awesome. This was so much fun. I mean, it is a tough job. It yeah. is a it, it is show up at six o'clock in the morning. You open the polls and run from seven to seven. Then assuming that everybody's done voting at seven because you stay open as long as everybody's in, if anybody who's in line at seven gets to vote. And like in the primaries in March this year, we didn't we didn't start closing down till almost nine o'clock. We had an hour uh, and f- almost 50 minute wait. Um, and then it's about an hour to shut everything down. And then as a judge, me and the other judge, we have to drive the results out to the county seat in Seguin. Right. Um, cause you know, Brian and I, you know, for those that don't know on the podcast, right, we both live in the San Antonio area. So Bulverde is a little town North of San Antonio. And I live in Cibolo, which is a little town North and East of San Antonio. And Seguin is the County seat of the next County to the East of, of where Bear County, where, where, um, San Antonio is. So that's our geogra- geography lesson. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really fun. And so I, this time we, we ran it through my, my, my friend who is the other judge, she and I ran the election. We voted a lot of people. We were the busiest place in the county, as we often are. And um, it was fun. It, it, it's really enjoyable to be part of that experience, right? And, yeah. I can, I, and I can say with full certainty that I know that what we did at my, at my vote center, we, we did everything to vote as many people legally as possible, right? And, and we worked really, we were really, really hard on that. So, yeah. um, and as of the recording cool of this podcast, well, there's all kinds of weird stuff going on in the voting oh, world. And, yeah. and, and you know what? We're just going to put a pin in that and not talk about it anymore because <laughs> this, <laughs> this is a safe space. This <laughs> okay. is a, this <laughs> a safe zone. <laughs> <laughs> a oh, whole free zone. <laughs> yep, yep. So, Brian, you had you had some questions you wanted to ask me about some stuff in in uh, Office 365, Microsoft 365. What was it that you wanted to talk about today? Yeah. So, as you know, I do a lot of a lot of migration work, especially this time of year. I mean, that's when people are, are acquiring companies and they're spending their last little bit last bit of budget for the year and all that. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, SharePoint in particular is one of those places where um, I always say, do you really have that much data in SharePoint? Do you really have that much stuff? And can you please tell me what that stuff is, right? What is the stuff that's in SharePoint? Um, and I even asked the questions too, um, because I, I'm lucky enough to know people like yourself <laughs> that have a SharePoint background. You, mm-hmm. you know, Do you have any te- taxonomy? You know, Do you have any governance? Can you help identify some of these things? Uh, can we run reporting against it? Some of the new usage stuff that they have, um, you know, that you can just run Office 365 is spectacular. Um, 
Well, it was really interesting to me earlier when you were talking about this new um, you know, feature or solution that Microsoft has now called SharePoint Syntax. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's more of a kind of an automated taxonomy to a degree, right? And you'll probably explain it a lot more elegantly <laughs> than I can. Um, but, you know, whenever I think back to first when all of this AI and these different things were being introduced into um, machine learning and AI and all that were being introduced into mm-hmm. OneDrive and those sort of things, I remember on my phone, you know, just uploading a bunch of photos and it would recognize the fact that, hey, you know what, I just uploaded a photo of a, you know, of a, you know, of a bus or whatever, you know, it Mm -hmm. would recognize that as a vehicle, right? So you could actually search for a vehicle and it would say, hey, you know, here's pictures of vehicles that you've taken on your phone. So some of that stuff is now making it, it it was already in the SharePoint engine, right? But Mm -hmm. now we've got this whole new thing called SharePoint syntax. And I guess what I wanted to talk with you about is, you know, how does this work? I mean, what, what, what is SharePoint syntax and, you know, I mean, how does it how does it help us with information governance and those sort of things? Um, and, you know, in a migration scenario, how could it how could it help us identify the things that actually need to be migrated for a customer? Yeah, no, that, and, and actually that last question is a really good one. And so I want to make sure I come back to that. So let me let me start at yeah. the beginning here and yeah. and kind of say we're in kind of the third generation of of A.I., and cognitive services okay um yep. and the first generation and it's it, the way i view it is generous so this is not like official documentation or anything but the, the first way was really when we started to build ai systems if you as an organization wanted to do ai you had to go out and build your own learning models and you had to build your own cognitive services and your own databases and then yep. you had to train them and that was a lot of work right uh, yeah. And it and it required a lot of times, you know, if you wanted to train some train it, you know, I want I want to train this thing how to recognize documents, right? I had to feed millions of documents into this, and and so as an example, we saw Microsoft do things like um, one of the things that was very funny is they 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 put like a a bot, an AI bot on like Twitter, I think it was, right? And then they had to shut it down like a day later because it's constantly reading Twitter and inter stuff like that, and it turned into a foul-mouthed, um, rabid, uh, <laughs> insulting everybody, because everybody that's what's on Twitter all the time, right? Um, but that that whole thing of having to build all that stuff, right? Well, organizations like Microsoft, AWS, Google, other people, they've now built that, and they turned it into what I call phase two, where they started to commoditize it. And so years ago, I mean, I remember going up to a SharePoint Saturday up in New England one time, and I was, I was up there, and I started learning about how you could use the cognitive services that are published inside of Azure, right, to right. go out and do things like take a picture, like you mentioned. I took a picture of the, bo- of, of, um, of the, um, the Bunker Hill monument, and I could upload it, pass it to this cognitive service, and it would say, yeah, I recognize that. That's the Bunker Hill mem- memorial. And you're yeah. like, man, that's cool. And it's doing that through image processing, um, sentiment analysis, right? So I could take a look at your face and uh, in a video or a picture and say, yep, Brian is happy. Brian is confused. Brian yeah. is sad. Brian is angry. And hey, Google, even you remember Google Glasses, that little thing they had that came out where you had the glasses that were connected to a computer. They yeah. actually put something out that I thought was really cool for people who were autistic or Asperger's. People who are Asperger's like 
my son, um, they have they have difficulty reading emotions on people's faces. And yeah. what they came up with was, what if I put it in the Google Glasses where I could look at somebody and it would take a look at your face and it would go – and then right above your head, it, it would take that picture, send it off to the cloud, figure out that you're bored, come back and right. say, put a board tag over, over Brian's head. And I would know, <laughs> oh, I'm boring, Brian. I should stop talking about this, right? And if you think about how helpful that would be to people who have difficulty interpreting emotions yeah. from people, that's really cool. So that was kind of the second gen stuff. So if you wanted to do it now, you just hooked into the Azure services or the Google services or the AWS services, yeah. and you could send off text and you could do translations and you could do all speech to text, all kinds of amazing things. But you had to build it. You had to build and them all. Now, and now we're into phase three. And phase three is where we've taken all of that, and now Microsoft and other organizations are starting to bake this into their products to solve specific business problems. Okay. Yeah. So at its heart, Syntex is the marriage of search inside of Microsoft 365 and cognitive services. And those cognitive services will merge with search to go out and pull in entity information from documents. Now, we can do that already. Search already does that. You're like, I type in marketing and get a bunch of marketing documents back. But right. what's, what Syntex is doing is saying, hey, I'm going to take all of these documents that have these different words in them, right? I'm going to use AI to say, okay, just because this document has marketing in it, is this really a marketing document? Or is there other information inside of here that makes me think that this is actually, for example, a solution sheet? that's published yeah. by the marketing about the Mark 8 drone to use a uh, to use a Contoso example, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you, anybody who does Contoso or Microsoft anybody, stuff, you should recognize the Mark 8 drone. Anybody, right? anybody <laughs> who does demos with Microsoft. There you go. <laughs> so the point is, is that I can go out and discover, hey, you know what? Not only am I finding the term marketing, I'm finding Mark 8 all over the place. People are sending it in emails. People are IMing it to each other. It's in documents. Yeah. Um, I've even found SharePoint sites that are called Market Project Site and a team called the Market Project. You know what? I think this is a topic. I think this is something that that your organization talks about. And what Syntex is next going to do is it's going to go out and start creating a bunch of topics that are inside your organization. Yeah. So it's it's going to look at your your corpus of all your documents. It's going to infer topics. You, by the way, can also say. Hey, here's a list of all my products. Here's a list of all my locations. Here's a list of all my services, right. and it will then and it'll automatically link things back to those to those particular topics as well. So what's happening now is all of this stuff is being pushed together, and we're getting um, a, a way to kind of electronically link it all, and and so that that. I'm searching it. Now I'm extracting entities and I'm creating topics. And then the last piece is if I'm in an email, if I'm in a Word document, if I'm in a SharePoint site, if I'm in a team and, and I chat you about Mark 8, right? It's the, the Microsoft's going to say, oh, Mark 8, I know that's a topic. I'm going to make that a little highlight. Kind of looks like a hyperlink, right? right? And if you hover your mouse over it, I can pop up a little card right there inside of Teams or Outlook or Word or right. SharePoint. Across all the apps, says, yeah. That says Mark 8 project. Here's the Mark 8 drone. Here's some people who are who who are who know about this project. Here's some yeah. links to this project. Here's some 
documents related to this project. And eventually, we're going to have a knowledge explorer where I can actually go to the Mark 8 project and say, the Mark 8 project is related to these other topics. And that knowledge web is all being built, right, by AI. And that's this third wave where I no longer am having to build the solution. Microsoft has identified that knowledge management is the solution. Now, every organization is going to have different topics, different entities, all of that kind of stuff, right? Different content types. But Microsoft has now put all that together so that you don't have to build the entity extraction, entity management stuff. They're doing it for us. And that's why I call this third gen AI, in my opinion. Yeah, third gen. Yeah, so does that, I mean, is that now become a... A connect automatically become a label or something or how does that work? And, I mean, and that and that's and that's the and that's the really cool part, right? So let's yeah. say that I take so there's another thing that we can do in here that's it's also really cool that's part of syntax and that is called form recognition. Okay, okay. so there's two ways that I can label things, right? One is naturally the entity extraction will be able to pull out information and tie things together with these topics. But what I can also do is use an AI builder, right? Now this, by the way, you can go do this yourself, right? You can, you can take the, the, um, the, the AI builder and do form recognition. These are just Azure services, right? And if right. you wanna write your own software and a front end, you can do all that, yeah. right? Microsoft's done the heavy lifting. What they're doing with Syntex is they're actually dropping that front end into SharePoint so that I can actually just do it in a browser without having to write the front end that says, hey, let me go get 10 invoices, right? And I'm going to pull them up in the screen and I'm going to tell it, you know, this is an invoice because here's the word invoice, but I want you to grab this invoice number and I want you to grab this dollar amount and I want you to grab this company name and I want you to grab this, you know, this um, um, terms, right? And then you do that through a series of invoices, right? That you that, that that you've got, and then you also say this isn't an invoice, right? But it kind of looks like one, and this is how you know this is an invoice, and that's called machine training, as opposed yeah. to machine learning. Machine learning, I take a million documents, I would shove them through the AI and have it look at it, right? And I'd right. hope that it would then learn how to address. This way, I'm gonna I'm gonna train it. I'm gonna say. I, these are invoices, right? Yeah. And and when you're when you're done, when you see one of these appear somewhere in SharePoint, right? Yeah. Somebody uploads it to Teams, puts it in their OneDrive, drops it to SharePoint library. I want you to grab that document, okay? And I want you to extract this information from it: the number, the date, who it was to, who it was from, all of that kind of stuff, right? And I want you to add that to the metadata of the document, right? Yeah. Now. Look, Brian, you and I have been working on SharePoint long enough to know you got to have a lot of metadata if search is going to work well. Okay, yep, search is sure. really powerful, but metadata makes it makes it a lot easier to find what you're looking for. The problem is people don't want to put any metadata in, do they? Nope. Right? They're just yep. like, ah, you can't make me. I'll put five pieces of information in the file name. Right? I'll be it'll be client name dash project name dash type of document dash version number, right, (laughs) in the file name, but you want me to add those as tags to the document? Uh Uh-uh, we'll never do it. You also can find, Brian, I bet you you're like me, if I opened up your OneDrive, you've got folders inside of folders inside of folders to organize everything, right? That's our file system, right? Well, that's useful, but that also 
means that we'll, we'll drop it six levels deep in a folder structure, but we won't add those pieces of information as metadata. Well, what yeah. syntax is going to let us do, and we've tried, by the way, we've tried defaulting metadata. We've tried extracting it from the file names, all kinds of stuff like that, and yeah. it never seems to work. What syntax is going to hopefully let us do is to extract that information, right, from the majority of our documents, okay, and find and start to find out what the heck these documents are. Yeah. Now, you mentioned migrations, right? Yep. So this is a really important aspect too. Now, sometimes those migrations are Office 365 to Office 365. Yep. Sometimes they are on-premise SharePoint to the cloud, right? And sometimes they're files from file shares out to the cloud. Well, here's the really powerful part of SharePoint syntax. In the end, the driver that lets the engine work and do the AI extraction and everything is the Microsoft engine. And that means if Microsoft can crawl the content, right, and, ex and, and open yeah. it up and look at it, then Microsoft will be able to actually use the AI against it. And that means if it's another, if it's another Office 365 site, yeah, if we can figure out a way to get that data over, great. If it's an on-premise SharePoint site, we can set up a hybrid search connector, right? And yeah. you can also get connectors that Microsoft is creating to look at things like ServiceNow, Salesforce, yeah. right? Workday, SharePoint Online, and right. hey, file systems as well. If I can crawl that file system with that SharePoint 2016 or later hybrid farm, I should be able to use syntax to be able to go out and look at my SAN, all 10 terabytes of it, right? And be able yeah. to give you an idea of what the heck is that content out there, right? Yeah. Which goes back to that whole thing of, do you, do you need to migrate all 10 terabytes? How much of this is actually duplicate? How much of this is, uh, is obsolete, right? What I call rot, and it's rot, R-O-T, redundant, obsolete, and trivial, right? <laughs> and there is no tool out there that does rot analysis for us. It, that's a yeah. manual process. But hey, what if we could take some of these tools like syntax, like these cognitive services, and start doing some of that rot analysis and helping people stay organized? And that gets down into this whole information governance aspect. Yeah, no, that's spectacular. And then how is that? Um, do you... Do you have to purchase that as an additional license, or does it come with your SharePoint license? Oh, come, on or? Now, come on, this is Microsoft. You know that you get it for free, right? No, <laughs> no. no. Actually, actually, it is an add-on license, and so okay. with Office 365, you can go into your billing uh, center inside of the admin center, and um, it is five dollars per user per month. Okay? okay, but there's some caveats to that. Who needs to have a Syntex license? Okay. Um, the people whom you want going to the content center, going to the topic cards, seeing the topic cards, are the ones that need to have syntax licenses. The that people doesn't teaching, the teaching the, the engine the, too. Exactly. The, the, the people yeah. building the models, all of those individuals, the people who are actually getting value out of that knowledge management yeah. have to have the licenses. Okay. Got it. So maybe you just need to buy 20 or a hundred for your organization, you know, depending on how big your organization is. Now, form builder stuff, you have to buy AI credits, okay? okay? And those are priced differently. That's an Azure thing. If you have 300 syntax licenses per month, Microsoft will give you 
a mil, what they call them uh, AI credits, a million AI credits, and that will let you do yeah. a whole bunch of form processing. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. you've got to buy them if you don't have 300 licenses. Because it's it's compute at that point against Azure, right? That's exactly correct. And so what they're doing yeah. is, if you buy enough of these Syntex licenses, we're going to give you some compute. You yeah. may need to buy more, right? But right. if you if you don't have that many licenses, you're you're going to go with maybe 10 or 15 because your organization is not that big. Well, then you yeah. need to buy some compute licenses, okay? Um, and yeah. and that will enable you to actually go out and 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 um, and, and get the stuff done. And the the big key to this, like I said to me, is um, you know I think of this as kind of like having a a person in your organization, it's a digital person in your organization, who is kind of like a secretary from the 80s and the 90s, right, or right. earlier. It's the person that you say, hey, go get me the Jensen file, right? And here comes the Jensen file. And what I mean that is it's not just a file that has Jensen in it. It's everything about the Jensen, whatever yeah. it is. Arcade, let's say, right? Yeah. And you can work on that. And when you're done, you can say, here, I'm done with this. Go put it back. And yeah. oh, by the way, here's another sheet of paper that needs to go into the Mark Seven file, and you don't have to go do it. the 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 secretary, the digital assistant, in this case, yeah. is going to do it for you, right? And that's really neat because what we're, we're at when we got computers and everybody got a computer on their desk and we got the internet, right? We kind of did away with all those people that did that work for us, right? Because yeah. we said, hey, Brian, you're an executive. You can do your own filing because it's, it's a computer. It's very easy. But what we missed, and this is the thing that's hard for us to try to figure out and how we're going to fix, what we missed was um, who's creating the taxonomy, who's right. creating the filing system, which in before we had corporate corporate taxonomists that did this. Right. And the secretaries were the ones that enforced it and made sure it worked properly, because when they when, when you ask somebody for the Mark 8 file, right, they better know exactly where to go get it. Yeah, and they it better know. Matter, where, yeah. And it didn't matter who the person was. Right. They all yeah. knew how to go in the file system to get the Mark 8 file. Nowadays, every person builds their own, usually ends up building their own information architecture. Right. And. Yeah. If I had to go, we all have our own way that we store, create folders and store information, create a team or concept of how we create that team and structure it, you know? So, I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. And we've lost this concept of a corporate single way of doing things. And this is what I'd like to see is, is, is more of a return to that. Let's get more stuff out there. Okay. But if we're going to do that, right, we have to have tools yeah. that are going to make sure that that, that are going to auto label things for us that are going to figure out oh this is an invoice versus a statement of work yeah. versus a report versus a whatever right and that's the promise of syntax right yeah how that ends up happening remains to be seen i mean what i've seen so far looks great we're 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 working with it right now microsoft is is it's it's ga as of october 1st you can find it in your tenant um, it takes about a week for it to actually start doing anything once you turn it on. Because it's got to crawl, and right? It's got to crawl. It's got, it's got to crawl everything. And by the way, yep. you can get a you can get a one month 20, 20 licenses for free or twenty or twenty five licenses for free for a trial. So you can turn it on, go out, activate yeah. it, let it crawl your content, and then see how it works. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and it, this whole concept of it extracting information, building you know building uh, this this knowledge management area and things like that, it's going to work best when you actually have a corporate taxonomy to tie it to, right? right. You've got your product list, your location list, you know your services list, your yeah. the, the, the the oh and and here's the other one that's really cool, right? 
um, what if we're launching the Mark 8? We have run this whole Mark 8 project, right? And then when we get ready to actually launch this thing, we decide to call it, you know, the Octocopter instead, right? Well, it's the Mark 8 project because it's got eight blades, right? But now it's the Octocopter. Well, what's cool about Syntex is it'll let us set up, because it uses managed metadata behind the scenes, lets us set up uh, synonyms. So even though we now call it the Octocopter, if it sees Mark 8 in a document from six months ago, when you yeah. hover over Mark 8, it's going to say, this is the Octocopter project, formerly yeah. Mark 8, because it can link that stuff together as well. And that is super powerful and cool in my yeah. opinion. Well, and you know, we could probably come up with an entire podcast of the possibilities of automation and all the other things behind the scenes with oh, yeah. Power Platform and everything once you have this stuff set up, right? I mean, well, and, and, um, and you're going to be able to use this to put retention tags and sensitivity labels, yeah. and it'll kick off it'll kick off Power Automate flows and all kinds of things that I can do as a result of this search and cognitive services, which is I think is awesome. Yeah, so it's kind of like a it's kind of like taking DLP to a whole different level, right? I mean, uh, rather than just looking at a syntax or whatever, you, we're looking at all sorts of things uh, related. Oh to yeah. 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 Well, and, cool. and you actually, you actually have that today in your DLP engines. Okay. You have to have right. any five license to do this, right? But you can make what are called trainable classifiers. Trainable classifiers are doing very similar things to what the form recognizer is doing. It's looking for resumes. It's looking for targeted threats. It's looking for yeah. sexual harassment, right, or or uh, foul language. And you can build your own trainable classifiers, and then you can use those in your DLP um, engine. Okay. Yeah. And, and so there's a whole other podcast talking about that. Because yeah, you know, absolutely. The fact that it's we can extend cool DLP stuff. down to the Windows box now and stuff like that is really cool as well. Yeah, so, and it's actually gotten so much better. I remember where it was like, two years ago, just two years ago, and mm -hmm. how quickly it works now. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty amazing stuff. It it, it, actually, stuff. it actually is amazing stuff. I'm I'm really very pleased with all that stuff. So yeah, we'll talk about DLP. Uh, we'll revisit that topic because we've talked about it in the past. But but you know, if you we went back and listened to our old, <laughs> well, we went back and listened to our old stuff. Things have changed, right? And Microsoft yep. is changing constantly. Absolutely. So, well, thank you so much, David. Very, very informative. Uh, very inf you know, hey, Brian, anything for I'm you? I'm going to go turn it. I'm going to go turn it on in my tenant, you know, and that's a, and, uh, not a know, bad idea. The thing that's across my forehead right now, it does not say bored. All right. I'm not bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, it has come to that time in our podcast. You know what time I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The time that I, that I, time that I forget what we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> at the end of the podcast. <laughs> you know, this is why I have it written down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is because because I'd forget too. Okay. Because you I'm expect as, me to remember. <laughs> I'm like as ADD as you can possibly imagine. But it is time, my friend, for one last thing. Yes. See, I, sh I should get like some cool music that goes dun 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 right there, yeah. right? Well, in this so, case, Star Wars music, right? We should have some. Star oh Wars. yeah, that's right. Bum, ba -da -bum, <laughs> ba -da -ba 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 -ba. Anyway, so star, yeah, Star Wars music. So, what are we talking about in our one last thing today? So, you you already teased it, Star Wars. Yeah, no, I did. It's the Mandalorian, the okay. series. Mandalorian. Uh, second season is upon us, and uh, we've we've watched the first episode. Uh, we haven't quite gotten to the second episode yet. I think actually we're watching it tonight. Uh -huh. Um. But man, and we then, are hooked. We are absolutely hooked. I know. Yeah. Right. So we'll, yep. we, we'll probably do two nights in a row, maybe. <laughs> Mandalorian. So, so trying not to give too many spoilers away, right? Because I don't. All right. Yeah. That. 
And I will not spoil it. I I definitely do not want to spoil episode two for you. But after you watch that, I am going to expect a text message from you, Brian, with your (laughs) thoughts on what you saw in episode two of The Mandalorian. Now, what I will say is since you've seen episode one, and by now I'm assuming everybody is going to see episode one. If you haven't, go out and watch episode one. Yeah. Right. The basic concept is Mando goes back to Tatooine and he's looking for Mandalorians. And somebody says, I know where there's a Mandalorian. <laughs> it's out in this place called Moss Carga or some Moss Creek or whatever the heck the place is. I have some some Moss name. And he goes there and he meets this guy who's their marshal, their sheriff. Right. And yeah. he comes walking in and it's Boba freaking fat. And you're like, oh, my gosh, it's Boba Fett. And yeah. then he sits down and he takes his helmet off and you're like. Uh, that's that's not the way. That's the guy from from Justified. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I wasn't doing that, but but, because I haven't seen Justified. But yeah, I was like, what? What? And and what's great is he puts them down, and and you know it's well fed, even with the colors, because there's the dent in the helmet. Yep. That you saw from that all the previous episodes. You're like, yeah, that's Boba freaking fat. And then he takes off his helmet, and you're like, that ain't that, that ain't Boba Fett. It's not a, it's Boba not Fett a Mandalorian. They can't take their helmet off. They're not supposed Bo- to take also their helmet off. Bo- Bo- we know Boba Fett was a clone of Jango Fett, and we know what Jango Fett looked like, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but did you notice at the very end of the episode, right? The guy on the ridge. Oh yeah, no, no, yep. that was powerful. Yeah, yep. yep. Now and 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 once again, try not to spoil here. Okay, try not right. to spoil here. Because uh, I want people to get that, but but yeah, when you when you watch, if you haven't watched the episode yet, when you get to the end, there's a guy on the ridge who turns back to the camera, and you're gonna go, "Hey, yeah, look it up on IMDb. You'll find yeah. out who he is, and you'll go, oh." And yep. my wife told me, my wife is like a super duper duper Star Wars fan, that we're going to get not only an Obi Wan Kenobi spinoff, but we are supposed to be getting a Boba Fett spinoff. Oh, TV you know they're gonna, yeah. Us. And I'm like, okay. that is awesome. They they really they've really done some cool stuff with it. You know, when I first heard about Disney, you know, buying Star Wars uh, franchise and all that, I was just like, I I don't know. And now that I've seen this this whole thing, I'm just like, this is amazing. You guys you guys are a bunch of geniuses. <laughs> I mean, this is awesome. And, and, then, and then we got the Force Awakens, and we were kind of like, hey, that's really cool. It's exactly like a new hope, but it's really cool. And then yeah. we got Rogue One, and we're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then we got the Last Jedi. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that we was, don't was... talk about the Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Because that's just gonna make me mad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of a disappointment, but uh, and, and actually, you know that I actually rather enjoyed Solo. I, I actually yeah, thought Solo was, was a good one. Solo was it good. was it was it, nope it, it it didn't do very well in the box office because of the Last Jedi, but it turned out it wasn't that bad a movie. And then we get the Rise of yeah. Skywalker, which was just a it, you know what that was that was like the flaming bag on your doorstep on Halloween. <laughs> right and you go oh my gosh it's on fire i better step on it yeah that yeah that's you just, know you know what it is they, what they i really hard, but, oh my gosh yeah just what i really like about what they're doing with uh with this stuff too is it, at the end of mandalorian when they're showing credits and everything they're showing all the conceptual drawings and everything oh yes the storyboards it's so freaking cool man you're just like oh wow i mean these people are like it's just amazing and and you know how quickly they probably drew that stuff up but i mean it's the storyboard of the 
of the entire thing, and it, and it they and, it even looks like the actors. Is, yeah, the acting is well done, and oh, the yeah. costuming is. I mean, the the production values of it are spot on. And look, John Farvo is an incredible producer, and David Filoni, who did the Clone Wars and Rebels, right, um, yeah. is also is also closely involved in this. And I'm like, you know what, Disney, if you never made another Star Wars movie. And just allowed Filoni and Farvo and people like them to make these series like this, yeah. then Star Wars would just be amazing. My son so. was glued to the Clone Wars stuff and all that. I mean, he he watched every one. I think he binge watched that stuff in in a week's time. <laughs> it was it's, crazy. It's, and and Rebels is just Rebels is just yeah. as good. I mean, they really they they are. Uh, my, I'll tell you, look, my favorite character probably in the entire star Wars universe is Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. Okay. Yeah. He's just his, the, 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 the six movies that make up the star Wars saga. And I'm not even going to talk about the, 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 the new trilogy, but the six movies that make up the star Wars saga yeah. are about Anakin Skywalker's fall and eventual redemption. And it is a beautiful, beautiful yeah. story of fall and redemption, right? My second favorite character, in the entire Star Wars universe is Ahsoka Tano. Because, really? Oh yeah, she is. Uh, Snips is is Anakin's nickname for her in the Clone Wars. Yeah. She is just absolutely amazing, right? Yeah. She, she is. She's a Padawan. She's snarky. She's funny. She's competent. She's got depth. And by the yeah. end of that series, and then she shows up again in Rebels, right? You're just like, yeah. and and I've heard heard we're gonna see her in in uh, mandalorian oh yeah i'm sure you know they're gonna pull out all kinds of yeah it's amazing you know especially for somebody like yourself who's you know a a huge sci-fi uh (laughs) yeah i mean a a big take is that what you're trying to say start well i didn't actually say that if you if you want to go there david if you want to go there i own it i'm a nerd i'm a geek that is me. I am all over the stuff. In yeah. fact, I came up while we were talking with this podcast. I came up with our episode twenty-three title. This is the way. All of our episodes have, have got a funny title, right? I try to make it applicable. You know, we had the whole we're, we're legal to drink when our twenty-first episode and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. This episode is this is the way. This I might call it way. this is. I might say this is the syntax way. Right. This is a syntax way, <laughs> you know, just to make it kind of fun. Like but like uh, but yeah, I, I and I try to you know, I I, I own my nerddom and my geekdom and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Your <So>. geekdom. <laughs> I I love it. I love it. Yeah, man. I I'm I'm much much the same. I'm I, I think my only uh, you know, the only thing that makes me a little bit cool is I'm a singer in a band, you know, and and they're be people that tell you that you know that but just uh, makes you a different kind of nerd okay yeah, it just makes me a different your, kind of nerd <laughs> your, your nerd venn diagram overlaps my venn nerd venn diagram in certain areas but we've got whole areas that the other person oh look at yeah and, oh my you would you, you spent how much on a microphone you know yeah, <laughs> and exactly. you're like you bought how many board games during the pandemic <laughs> How much time did you spend editing this podcast? <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Well, Brian, I believe that we have come to the end yeah. of another episode yeah. of, of fun, frivolity, hilarity, and some great cloud knowledge. Yes, and so, some excellent cloud knowledge. Thank you for, I, uh, 
for sharing that knowledge on the syntax stuff. I'm going to definitely take a look and, and see what's going on there. If you, if you have questions, reach out to me. I'm happy to, to, to talk about that. And by the way, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. Uh, Erica Tuell on Twitter has, has got a couple of really good blog articles about syntax. Um, she's been digging into it really pretty deeply um, and, and has got some great knowledge. And there's some great Ignite sessions. Uh, the Ignite, they were calling it Project Cortex. So Project okay. Cortex is the overall. Yeah, that's what I remember being doing. called. Yeah, yeah. But when they actually launched it, it's called SharePoint Syntax. So Project Cortex was the initiative. SharePoint Syntax is the project or is the product name. The product name. Got if it. that makes any sense, right? It'll probably change next week, so that's all right. Oh, yeah, that's true. They'll, they'll, call, they'll call it like, you know, power knowledge or something like that, right? Power, <laughs> yeah, put power in front of it. <laughs> what was the other? It was Forefront way back when. They put Forefront in front of everything, and now they're putting oh, power in everything. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, but please, you know, follow us on Twitter. At yes. Cloud Whispers, uh, Brian is at Cloud Savvy. I am at DeBrusa. Find us on Facebook, fb-me slash um, uh, DeBrusa. Brian, what is your Facebook? Your Facebook, it's uh, yeah. Is it all stuff is Get Cloud Savvy. Get so Cloud Savvy, Facebook, right? And then yeah, of course, pages fb.me slash Cloud Whispers. We'll get to the Cloud Whispers page. You can email us at cloudwhispers at outlook.com, and we would love to hear from you guys. Um, and uh, Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Um, iTunes, Google, uh, 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 what's the one? Um, Spotify, the green, the green Spotify. circle with lines on it. The green, yeah. Spotify, exactly. and of course SoundCloud, where we host, um, uh, host as well. And uh, Brian, I, I look forward to your next gig. If it's a little bit closer to my house, and I get <laughs> my wife to get out in the pandemic times, because we don't like, we really don't like to go out very much right now. Um, yeah, but I, I would love to, I would love to come hear you play. That would so. be awesome. Well, thank you, David. Thank you again.